Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. Now, let me ask you a simple question. What did you just Google? I'll take a bet that over the last few minutes you either Googled something or or you thought about Googling something. Maybe it was this podcast. Maybe you're thinking about augmenting your education and wondered which university would suit you best. If you'd Googled something vague like that, you probably wouldn't have found us here at South Mims. But if you'd Googled a podcast that gives me a different way of thinking about what I take for granted, you might have found South Mims U on page one. Or at least, I hope you would have. As that's what we're paying for, isn't it, Zach? Is it? Uh, Did we pay the bill last month? I thought you did. Well, it's in your job description. No, it isn't. That was Dorothy's job. Oh, uh, Dorothy left a year ago to become uh, Gregory. Uh, She, uh, I mean... Okay, okay. Today we're talking about Google, not the usual stuff about data privacy or the rise of a geeky startup in the 90s. We're not lauding its amazing success or even its global dominance in the world of search. We're talking about original research conducted by Zach Zephyrsusis, the head of our digital studies department. Well, it's, it's groundbreaking research, if I may say so. Can you summarise it? Well, it's about the existential risk that Google poses to one of the things we hold dear. Which is? Our sense of originality. Our sense of it. We like to think that the human species is powered by original thought. In truth, there is no such thing as an original thought or idea. There isn't. Well, wasn't Google an original idea? Well, far from it. I mean, there were search engines before Google. Uh, Google just happened to become the most successful and dominant. Okay then. So the first online search engine, whatever that was, was the original idea? Nope. Back in the 40s, there was a famous essay by a computer pioneer called Vannevar Bush in which he talked about a Google-like programme he called the, the Memex. So, he was the guy who had the original idea. Wrong again. You can go through history, back to a short story by E.M. Forster called The Machine Stops, on through all literature to find myths and stories about the font of all knowledge. In fact, the tree of knowledge in the Adam and Eve story is, well, a sort of Google with leaves and a few apples. And a snake. (laughs) Yeah, well, indeed, a snake. And Google is exactly the same. The serpent is always tempting you to go back and eat the apple so you can know more, be more in control. And it always leads to, well, disappointment, if not banishment from a life of ease, plenty and careless abandon. Mm. That's stretching the analogy a bit far in the age of zero-hour contracts. Well, all right, sure, sure. But my research, I mean our research, we had a big team working on this, as you know. A very big team of our best students and MA students. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, And we wondered... If our sense of originality was being undermined by the simple fact that every time you had a clever thought, or you thought you had a clever thought, an original thought, and then you googled it, right, only to discover that someone else had already thought it, and written it down, and put it in a podcast, or written a thousand-page book about it, or carelessly said it in a blog, or put it on an Instagram or Facebook. I mean, how would you feel? 
Deflated. Deflated and disappointed. You'd feel like you were unoriginal. But you said we're all unoriginal, in essence. There are no original thoughts. Well, that's true. But it's not what we believe. <clears throat> it's like we know that the Earth goes around the sun, but we don't feel like the Earth goes around the sun because every day it looks like the sun goes around the Earth. Uh, that's a bit vague. Oh, all right, let me, let me put it like this. We like the idea that a story we watch on, on Netflix is original. While you're watching, it feels really original. That's what makes it compelling. You watch it till the end, you binge on it. Then, when it's done, you realise it was just like a thousand other shows you've seen before. But you enjoyed the feeling that it was original. The same goes for when you wake up one morning and believe you've thought up a great story for your first crime novel and it's bound to be a bestseller, only it turns out to be like a million other books already in print. But the rush that you feel is worth it. I see your point. But this isn't about people trying to write movies or books, is it? No, no, I was just fleshing out the premise. It's quite a fleshy premise, that. <laughs> it's fat. PH. Fat. Get it? <laughs> yeah. We don't have much time for this segment, Zach. Oh, sorry, sorry. So now, 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 we, we all know that we're not novelists or screenwriters. Well, most of us do anyway. But we like the thought that we could come up with an original saying or theory or even a funny acronym that no one has ever thought of. So when you come up with something in conversation and everyone laughs, you feel good. Was this inspired by something that happened to you, Zach? Mm. Well, it was, actually. We were having drinks, my friends and I, at the local Greek in Potter's Bar, and the topic of ADHD came up, as it does whenever you're, you start talking about kids. Everyone's kids are on a spectrum of something. I call it the spectrum spectrum. Let's not go down that road. All right, sorry, sorry, yes, yes. So I said, what about hyperattention disorder? People who pay too much attention to something. I think that... That is a real thing, Zach. Sure, sure. But I felt like it was a, re a really original thought at that moment, and it felt good. But it's not an original thought, Zach. I know that. But it makes you feel good in the moment, to feel that it is. Only before the laughter and sense of achievement had even died down, Costas, my very stupid nephew, had found three blogs and eight LinkedIn posts that said exactly the same thing I just said. So... I felt deflated. I felt like a charlatan. I felt like I wasn't clever enough to think of something as simple as that. Google had proved that I was not as bright as I thought I was. It's not that Google was was bright in the sense of, I mean, in, in and of itself, but that it was the place anyone could go to prove that I wasn't, to show me that I was not capable of an original thought. And this has consequences. I mean wider consequences than just being humiliated by your stupid nephew Costas. Yes, because slowly, inexorably, we're not only losing the capacity to retain information because we've outsourced our all memory and knowledge to the internet with Google as its gatekeeper, but because it's even stopping us trying to think creatively. Oh, surely that's not true. People everywhere are writing reams of, um, well, um, well, uh, uh, crap. Well, it's a bit elitist, very elitist. <clears throat> you should be in my creative writing seminar. <laughs> no, 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 but, but it's good for us to write or think creatively. It's good for the soul. It's not good for my soul. 
I say just stop. It's it's not worth it. OK, well, that's a great advert for the creative writing course here at South Mims, then, isn't it? OK, OK, I was just joking. Uh, can we edit that out? No, sorry, we can't afford the software. I was being ironic to help you make your point. Well, let's stick to the research, shall we? Let's. So, we formulated an experiment in which we asked students to think of something they thought was original and then write it down. Half of them were told not to Google it. The other half were encouraged to do it. And? And we tracked the mood and attitudes of both groups over the course of a week to see what happened. We wanted to know if believing you'd been original made you feel better, more, feel more active or, or even more creative than if you'd discovered that your seemingly original thought was totally unoriginal. And what were the results? Well, they were amazing. I mean, they, they really were amazing. The group that, that, which did not Google were happier, more active, and one even started a novel. And the other group, let me guess... They were inert. They stuck to well-worn routines. None of them did anything creative. In fact, one changed job, ditching teaching to work in my Uncle Nick's kebab shop. Does he get free shift darling? Are you joking? Have you met my Uncle Nick? Come on. OK. So... Is this result scientific? Well, of course it is. We're a university. Will it be written up in a peer-reviewed journal? Sure, in Surge. Surge? The South Mims Univers University Digital Studies Journal. We publish it right here. Surely you've seen it. Oh, Surge. I thought you meant the bloke who heads up the French department. No, 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 that's Surge. Surge, yeah. So, Surge. So, so Surge. Great title. And which peers are reviewing it? We sent a copy to Lord Salisbury. He's a peer of the realm. <laughs> well, naturally, yeah. he owns most of the land around here, so it makes sense. Though um, I think in this context, peer means something else, doesn't it, Zach? Um, don't be pedantic. OK. Sorry. Can you tell us what one of the unoriginal thoughts was? There was one I thought might not get any hits. It's... Uh, Pre-traumatic stress disorder. You have post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSN, which happens after something horrible has happened. So one of the students thought it would be funny to have a pre-traumatic stress disorder. That is, you, uh, you worry so much that something might happen that you get the same symptoms, you know, sweats, shakes, anxiety, even flashbacks to something that uh, never happened. And that's a real thing, is it? Turns out it is. It's a serious thing. So I don't want to demean it. But there were also other people in, on the web listed by page rank, you know, in the Google way, who joked about it. They seemed happy to do so, blissfully unaware that the evidence was that was there to show that not only was their joke unoriginal, but that it's a condition that actually exists. So, those bloggers or whatever <clears throat> would have had the satisfaction of writing it but not knowing that they'd been beaten to the joke many times before. Yes, which proves both the points I'm trying to make. They, they made the joke, and those that then Googled it discovered it was unoriginal and then felt a frisson of disappointment. And those that didn't Google it, well, they might still think that they have one of the best minds of their generation. So, bottom line is, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, you could put it that way. Maybe the point is that when humans were more ignorant, they were happier. Maybe. Google undermines ignorance, therefore it makes people less happy. <laughs> I bet if you Googled your point about Google and originality, you'll find it's been done before.
<laughs> You'd like that, wouldn't you? No, it's just the logical next step. But you'd enjoy a good deal of schadenfreude if that was the case. Not at all. Here at South Mims we need to be intellectually rigorous. So I'd suggest, if I was involved in your team, that the logical step was to Google the premise and see if someone else had done it before. Well, I, I did Google it. And? Couldn't find a damn thing. Ooh. Not a thing. Are you sure? Try it, see what you get. You look disappointed. Well, trouble is it kind of disproves the premise. The fact that you've been proved to be entirely original in your idea. Yes, but it also proves the point that everyone else is unoriginal. Apart from you. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's confusing. Setting out to prove a premise and then undermining that premise by proving the point, it's a bit like... The idea that by doing research you skew the thing that you set out to research so your research isn't valid. So, you'd like to be proved unoriginal in your own research? Yes, because that proves the point. Well, maybe our listeners can help. People! If you find anything to show that Zach's entire project was totally unoriginal, please let us know at South Mims University. Just write to the Dean Care of the Black Horse Pub. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. It's been fascinating. Thank you. Thank you.